but ultimately it's being able to be free to enjoy life. You really can't enjoy life if you're, you're, you live your retirement years wondering, is the money that I want to pass down to my heirs going to go to, I want it to go to. Um, are they going to spend it the way that I want them to spend it? If I end up in a in a nursing home or if I end up in you know in an accident where I'm incapacitated, is the person or the people that I want to make decisions for me able to make those decisions? I really can't enjoy life or be free unless I've dealt with those things. Welcome to Simplify Your Retirement Podcast with Stephen Strickland. Hello, Stephen. How are you doing today? Doing great, Paul. How are you? I am doing fantastic. It's another beautiful day in the studio. Um, you know, the beautiful thing about a studio like this is it's always sunny. Yeah. Well, it's always sunny and it's always green. You know, what, what people don't know is that on the other side of our podcast studio, we've got a green screen over there. So it yes. always feels bright and sunny and green and, and growing inside here. So Yeah. And usually we get a train or two going by. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, it's all good. Yeah, that's I mean, right. It feels great. Being here in downtown Lee Summit, yeah. this is a great studio that you've uh, invested in to be yeah. able to make this this podcast happen. Yeah. And so definitely appreciate, appreciate that. I know, you know, we're, we're getting to the end of season five here. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to believe five right. seasons, yeah. uh, 12 episodes in each season generally. Yeah. And, you know, they, yeah. it fluctuates a little bit, but there, there's a lot of education out there. Yeah. You know, that's, that's over 50 episodes mm-hmm. of uh, what we would consider to be, you know, valuable information, education. Um, I don't think we ever go into any one of these podcast episodes without, uh, without intention. Yeah. Uh, without having a plan to make sure it's going to add some value to somebody, uh, depending on the topic that we're talking about. So this season, though, we've been specifically focused really on planning and what we've talked about is the seven areas of planning mm-hmm. that, that you have to address to really have a full financial plan, right? Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of people out there. I know we talk about this. There's a lot of advisors out there mm-hmm. that say they do retirement income planning. Mm-hmm. We say that right. because we do. Right. And that, but that is just a part of what we do. I mean, if all you mm-hmm. do is retirement income planning, making sure that someone can get to retirement, start drawing money out, mm-hmm. that's in a sense, what I call shallow. Right. Right. And, and we don't want to stay shallow. Doesn't. Yeah. Right. We don't want to stay shallow. So we believe there's more to it than just that. Now, although we do have a unique approach That's when right. we look at retirement income planning, yeah. we believe there's a better way yeah. to do planning. And I, and I think what's important about that is, you know, really have come to the conclusion that there, there are a lot of financial advisors out there that really focus on getting everybody to, let's just say, you know, what a lot of people would consider the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. The ultimate goal is to make work optional. The ultimate goal is to be able to retire, uh, to be able to quit working. And so uh, what we have found over the years is that a lot of people, there are, there are financial advisors who may be able to help people get to the place where they can leave work, get to this nest egg number, get to this amount of money as your net worth. If you get there, you should have enough assets to give you the income that you need. But what we know by years of experience is there, there's another mountain peak out there. There's not just one. One of them is retirement. The other one is enjoying retirement. The other one is having the freedom to give, serve, and enjoy life in retirement. And the reality is a lot of people plan for about 30, 35 years of planning, preparing for the day they retire. But uh, but you, really, you need to have a plan for the 30 to 35 years after you retire. 
Yeah. What are you going to do about that? And that's where I think a lot of traditional financial advice fails. They get people to there. And they can, and, and that's somewhat easier, I would say, to navigate. You're working, you're adding money to the account, you're accumulating, you're just growing this. Now, all of a sudden, uh, when you when you cross over that plateau, mm-hmm. you cross over the retirement dream. Now you have thirty to thirty five years in retirement, and you've got to have what we call a full, you know, plan, um, a full income plan, impact plan, a freedom plan that gets you to through retirement, not just mm-hmm. to retirement, but through retirement. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think part of it is because of the knowns versus the unknowns, mm-hmm. right? When you're talking about retirement income planning, there's a known, here's a date I want to retire, yeah. right? Sometimes, sometimes that gets changed on us. And we've talked about that in yeah. the idea of making work optional mm-hmm. as we view retirement, making work optional, you may have that known date taken away from you for health or, uh, you know, downsizing at work, mergers, whatever it is. But the reality of it is there's still the kind of this known quantity. Here's what I'm going to retire. Here's how much income I need. Here's how much nest egg I need. Mm -hmm. Those are knowns you're dealing with. And most of the unknowns in early life are dealt with through employer contributions, right? So Mm -hmm. I have life insurance through work. I have disability through work. And so I take some of those things out of the mix and most people aren't thinking about the unknowns. Mm -hmm. But when you get to retirement, now there's unknowns. How long are you going to live? That's right. How much is inflation going to impact you? Am I going to need long-term care? Yes. Uh, what are the sequence of the returns going to be? You know, there's so many things like like you're saying uh, that you did not have to plan for. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like uh, when you're planning to get to retirement, you're worried about stock market volatility, uh, but you're mostly focused on accumulating, saving as much as you can. Should you put it in Roth or traditional? Uh, th- that that seems to be you know big decisions, are complicated in their importance. Uh, but as you get closer to retirement, uh, the risk increase, mm-hmm. um, the stakes are higher. Yeah. Uh, mistakes have to be avoided, uh, which is why we've always said, look, you know, there's a lot of people that are general practitioners. Uh, once you get closer to retirement, you need a specialist. You mm-hmm. know, you need to talk to a firm like Wise Wealth, where we focus on this phase of someone's life. Certainly, we can help people accumulate. We want to help people get to the place where they can retire. But we know that the goal is not to get to retirement, but mm-hmm. through retirement with peace of mind and confidence. Absolutely. And so so in that, what we've done is we've created seven areas mm-hmm. to a plan. Yep. And, you know, it's kind of broken down into three, mm-hmm. three, and then kind of one overarching. So what's mm-hmm. the first three? I know we've gone yep. through it before, but if someone's tuning in for the That's first right. time, what are the first three areas? And definitely, we would, uh, we would recommend that everyone goes back. If this is the first episode you're listening to, go back and listen to the season because we've covered all of these areas mm-hmm. of a, what we call you know retirement freedom plan, seven areas of a retirement freedom plan. We break down the first three into income planning. And you mentioned this a second ago. There's a lot of firms that will help people put together a retirement income plan. Certainly, we believe that we do it different. Let's mm-hmm. just say that, you know, so I obviously I believe we do it better. Otherwise we wouldn't do it the way we do it, but we've, we've developed a three bucket approach and uh, that involves liquidity planning, income planning and growth planning. And we just recommend that everyone takes all of their assets and divide it into those three buckets. And then the buckets determine which investments you choose. Mm-hmm. Another way we put it is one of our principles is the plan determines the products. Yeah. So if you need the money for liquidity, 
there are certain investments designed and created to do that. If you need your money for income, certain investments were designed and created to do that. And if you need your money to grow, there are certain investments designed and created to do that. Uh, the plan determines the product. So we start with the income plan mm -hmm. and then we go to the impact plan. And part of the impact plan is legacy planning then there's insurance planning and tax planning. Once you have all six of those in place, then you really have what we want everyone to have. Freedom, confidence in retirement, the freedom to give and to serve and to enjoy life. But we really don't think you can have that unless you have these other, the foundation in place, the six areas. Mm -hmm. And so far this year, in uh, sorry, in this uh, season of the podcast, we've covered five of those six. Mm -hmm. uh, we've already done the insurance and tax planning for the impact side of it. Now, I know today we're going to talk about some legacy planning. Yeah. And so legacy planning is that last piece in the yep. income, in the impact area of planning. And honestly, it is the one that when people think impact, mm -hmm. a lot of times they do think about legacy. Right. Right. And so, so I, I guess when we look at legacy, there's a lot to it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's, it's kind of like when people look at life insurance, they say, I don't want to talk about life insurance because that means death. Mm -hmm. Right. And I don't want to talk about legacy because that means death. Right. It, it's more than just yeah. that. And so how would you say we should approach legacy planning? There are things that should be addressed you oh, know, yeah. that for, for everyone, no matter what stage in life. Absolutely. So, you know, you're right. Yeah. Legacy planning involves, you know, while you're living, it ultimately comes down to protecting the assets, protecting the plan. Someone mm -hmm. could put together an incredible retirement income plan. You could have all your insurances in place. You could, you could be converting IRAs to Roth IRAs, and then all of a sudden have a, a situation where you become incapacitated, where you become ill and you can't make the financial decisions for yourself, or uh, you're in the hospital and, and you're not able to make these decisions. So all of a sudden, all the planning that you have done, now someone else is in control of those things that you you did not want to be in control of those things. So to me, it's all about, you know, it, maintaining control, not in a bad way, but ultimately it's being able to be free to enjoy life. You really can't enjoy life if you're, you're, you live your retirement years wondering, is the money that I want to pass down to my heirs going to go to, I want it to go to. Um, are they going to spend it the way that I want them to spend it? If I end up in a in a nursing home or if I end up in you know in an accident where I'm incapacitated, is the person or the people that I want to make decisions for me able to make those decisions? I really can't enjoy life or be free unless I've dealt with those things. Mm -hmm. But what we know is once you simply get a few documents in place, then at least that eliminates that fear anymore. The whole goal of retirement planning, getting through retirement, is to eliminate a lot of the fear. It's to eliminate a lot of the frustration. It's to um, it's to eliminate a lot of the risk so that you can enjoy it. And what we know, Paul, if you're doing this for many years, is we know that when someone has all of these things in place, mm -hmm. then they really can't, you know, they've eliminated or minimized almost every possible risk, which is our goal helping people. We don't know if the risks are going to happen to them or not. We don't know if every bad thing that's possible in retirement could happen mm -hmm. to someone, but we know that it's possible. Yeah. And so what you do is you say, I don't know if that's going to happen to me or not, but I'm going to put a plan in place. And part of that is legacy planning, which means you're having some very important documents in place. 
Okay. So, yep. so when we talk about documents in place, yep. what, what would be some of the types of documents that yep. you're talking about? Yeah. So we believe that everyone should have a power of attorney, mm. um, a power of attorney. You know, basically there's two types of powers of attorney. One is for a healthcare power of attorney. One is kind of like a durable power of attorney for financial matters. So for example, if someone has an investment account, you own an IRA, you own a joint account or sorry, not a joint account, but you own an IRA or an individual brokerage account or a bank account with just your name on it. Um, it's important that if you were in a situation where you were incapacitated, you were in an accident and you weren't uh, able to make your own financial decisions, unless you have named a power of attorney to, to act on your behalf, no one is going to be able to act on your behalf. Mm -hmm. So for example, you know, we use Charles Schwab as a custodian, you know, Charles Schwab is not going to take uh, the investment um, reallocation decisions from your wife or for your children, if it's only your name on the account. And so there, there's several ways to handle that. We want to make sure a, you know, everyone either has a joint tenant on these accounts or they have a, you know, a, a power of attorney on there or someone who could come in and say, okay, uh, this person's become incapacitated. We don't want to invest risky anymore. Mm -hmm. We don't want the money invested like this. We want to put it more cash type investments. Unless you have that power of attorney on there, no one can do that for you. Same thing with healthcare. Uh, if you end up in the hospital and, and there are decisions that need to be made for someone's care, um, the doctor is not going to take those uh, instructions from your spouse, even if you've been married for 30 years, mm -hmm. they're not going to take those instructions from your kids unless you have a healthcare power of attorney. So it's just one of these things. It's easy. To, it's easy to, to overlook, but it's also very easy to get and very inexpensive. Just get it. You, you could have one that's called a springing durable power of attorney, which means it doesn't come into effect unless you a doctor proclaims that you're incapacitated. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to worry about someone going in there, taking your money out, making changes to your investments, unless you have a situation where you're incapacitated. So you choose who those people are, you choose who that person is or what are the case may be. So that's important. Uh, powers of attorney. Um, and then, like you said, you know, everyone ought to have a will and, and there's really two types of wills. Mm -hmm. One is a will that says what should happen to, uh, my assets that don't pass by contract. Um, you know, where do I want those things to go at my death? Another one is called a living will, which means I'm alive, but I, I really don't want someone to have to make those decisions for me if I'm on life support. So a person, a living will means, you know, I'm going to put some directives in place that say, hey, if I'm on life support or if I'm in this situation or that situation, here's my directive. Here's what I want my loved ones to do. So it eliminates them having to make the decision they don't want to have to make. That's what a living will is. We think everyone should have one of those. Another one is <clears throat> just a regular will. A will should dictate where the assets that you have, that you, where you want them to go if it doesn't have a contract attached to it. Mm -hmm. And I keep saying it like that because we prefer for all of our clients to pass down their money, pass down their assets by contract. And we'll come to that in just a minute. So if you have an IRA account, if you have a brokerage account, if you have real estate, if you have a car, a house, all that stuff should be passed down by contract. Mm -hmm. So really what should pass through the will should be anything that doesn't have a title attached to it. Your couch, 
uh, your your bed, you know, the things in your house that you, you can't put a title on or mm-hmm. beneficiary designation on. So all those intangible items, you need to make sure you say where those things go to, because if you don't, uh, someone, you know, someone else may try to decide that for you. So you just eliminate that for your heirs. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially if you have minor children, I'll just throw that out there too. You need to have a will that says, you know, where you want your children uh, to be taken care of. Who do you want your children to go to if you have minor children in the event of your death? Extremely important. The only way to do that is through a will. And, and you can even do that with your pets too. Right. So for a lot of people, the pets are important. I mean, but it's not thought about what what happens to my my family members, right? right? Our furry, right. Our furry kids. <laughs> yeah. If right. you know what I mean. Oh yeah, it, it, anything, anything, uh, anything. But, you want to make sure you goes to where you want them to go. You better write it down, and yeah. put it in the will, have it signed, have it notarized, have it re- represented. And and we we've, we've always told people too, like if you have specific items, if you if you have two kids or four kids, doesn't matter. If, if you guys have all sat down and said, hey, guess what? You know, one of these days when I pass away, Johnny gets my baseball glove. Uh, this was signed by George Brett or whoever the case may be. I want Johnny mm-hmm. to get the baseball glove. And Susie, you get all my the recipes that have been passed down through the family. And does everyone agree? We all look at each other and everyone agrees here, right? But then after you die, um, Susie's husband says, no, I want the baseball glove. He told me that I could have it. Mm-hmm. And Johnny's wife says, no, I want the recipe. She said, I got, and there's this big, you know, fight this happens, believe it or not, mm-hmm. after people die. So if you want that not to happen, you have to specifically say it. So if you have specific items that you want to go to specific people, you have to specifically write those instructions. Mm-hmm. So very important to do that too. Yeah. Now a will though, doesn't avoid the court system, right? Though, but it does tell the court here's what I want to have. Yes. And they'll take that into consideration right. first and foremost. Absolutely. Is, this is what you said when you were sound minded. Yep. This is what you want to happen. And so yeah. more often than not, that's what happens. But yes. it's telling the court yep. who makes the ultimate decision yep. what you want to happen. So how do you avoid court? There's only two ways to pass down your assets to the next generation after death. One is by probate through mm-hmm. the court system. So probate's going to be anything that goes through the will. Mm-hmm. Or if you don't have a will, the state will have a will for you. Or your money can get passed down by contract. Mm-hmm. By contract just simply means you have a beneficiary designation. So if you're on an IRA or 401k or Roth IRA or life insurance policy, normally you're going to name a beneficiary. This is extremely important uh, that the beneficiaries you have listed on any of those policies are the people or the places you want it to go because uh, whosever name is listed, if, if there's a trust listed, whatever's listed as the beneficiary designation on any of those policies, that's where that's going. Even if you changed your will, uh, you know, it, the contract supersedes the will. Mm-hmm. So whoever you name as a beneficiary designation on any of these policies, th- those companies aren't going to say, hey, can I see your will to see where this goes? They're going to look at the name of the person on that beneficiary and they're going to send that money to them. Mm-hmm. So it is important. But the advantage of that is it doesn't have to go through court. It doesn't have to go through probate. They're not going to wait for a judge to say, yep, this is all clear. If you don't name a beneficiary, then it will. And then people can contest it. So anything and everything you possibly can get a beneficiary designation on, you do it. IRAs, 401ks, Roth IRAs, life insurance, they're all automatically going to have that on there. So my first piece of advice for everybody here would be make sure the designations, the designees on those policies are who you want it to go to. Mm-hmm. One, if you have a joint account or a non-qualified account, means not an IRA or not a Roth IRA, you can add a beneficiary designation onto those accounts. 
if you have a bank account, a lot of times they call it a TOD. You could transfer on death. What does that mean? That means if you die, the money gets transferred to that other person outside of probate. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what the will says. The money's going to go to the person you put TOD. You can put a TOD on anything you have a title. So if you have a car, you have a title to your car, you can add a TOD, which means it goes directly to that person. It doesn't have to go through the will probate. If you have real estate, you own your own house. You can make sure the title of that house gets transferred on death uh, to a certain person outside of probate, outside the court system. So as much as possible, you need to add a TOD. Uh, you need to add a beneficiary designation. So, Paul, what, what we're saying is while you're alive, you need a POA, power of attorney. Mm-hmm. When you die, you need a transfer on death or beneficiary designation, that's all, all a part of legacy planning. Mm-hmm. And those are things that we, we have people on our team here that help people do that. We're not saying, hey, go get this. If you're working with Wise Wealth, we want you to know we can help you get a power of attorney. We can help you get these transfer on death you know, things onto your titles. Uh, we have a person here on our team who helps our clients do all the legacy planning for them. You can just go to info at wisewealth.com. You can email us or just go to wisewealth.com and you go to the contact us page there. Yeah. Those are the documents that I believe are extremely important for people to have. And so when you talk about the contracts of void, yeah. the court, you can also create a legacy contract in a sense. Yes. Instead of a will, you can create yep. a... Yep. You're going to create a trust. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, some clients need a revocable living trust. A revocable living trust just means you're still in control. Uh, it's a trust that you own. You're the grantor. You can make changes to that trust. So, you know, we tell our clients, if you want to if you want to make things simple, if you have a lot of different assets, you can name the beneficiary of all those, doc, all those contracts, IRAs, Roth IRAs, 401ks, like insurance, you can name individuals as the beneficiary, or you can name your trust as the beneficiary. Then you just decide in the trust how you want that money divided out. And then if you ever to change your mind, if anything changes, you only have to change one document and that's to change the trust. So some people would get a trust for simplicity. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not cheap, but it's, sometimes it's worth it for someone to have a trust. So they have one document so you change the title of your car. It's owned by the trust. You change the title of your house. It's owned by the trust. Instead of owning an individual brokerage account, it's owned by the trust. So that's what you do. You retitle everything in the name of the trust if you have one, or it becomes the ultimate beneficiary of your assets. Then inside that trust document, you can decide here's where the money's going. One reason why people need a trust is for simplicity. Another one is if they need control. Mm-hmm. after they've passed away. And what I mean by that is, you know, if someone has, you know, three kids and and they believe that it, you know, when we both pass away, if they're a husband and wife, if we both pass away, we believe that two of our children would handle this money responsibly. And we've got one child here. We just think uh, they're just going to take it and blow it. We don't want to see that happen. So I can, in my trust, say, you know what? I want these two kids to get their share up front but this third child over here, I want them to only be able to take out 5% a year, 10% a year, whatever sort of controls you want to put on there at all. So, you know, we tell our clients, you know, if, if you want to have any sort of control after you're gone, the only way to do that is in a trust. Mm-hmm. You can't do that in a beneficiary designation. You can write that in your will all day long. It doesn't mean that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the only way to make that happen is to have a trust. In some people need a trust 
to control the assets. And, and you may want to do that for all your kids. Some people might say, well, I don't want I want them to be able to take out money to buy their first house or to buy a car or to go to college or any sorts of controls. Or that my son has to pass a drug test, what, whatever the case may be. We've heard all kinds of examples. If you need any control after you're gone, the only way to do that is with a trust. Some people are compelled. Someone might have a special needs child. And so the only way to control those assets and protect them is with the trust. Mm -hmm. So sometimes people ask us, do I need a trust? Well, you need a trust if you need control or want control for whatever reason after you're gone or for just simplicity. Mm-hmm. Those would be two reasons to have a trust, but then the trust does avoid probate. It passes outside the court system. It, you can you, you have one document that you can change, and it kind of just controls everything. Yeah, and, and trust can become they they can be very simple. Mm-hmm. And so you know, even as you referenced here at Wise Wealth, we have someone who helps with that. That's right. We we can do simple trust, but mm-hmm. there there definitely are. I, I don't know if you've ever looked at the legal system, but mm-hmm. it is very complicated. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it, it's it's like don't try this at home. Right. Right. I mean, yep. there's there are elements where when you get into trust planning, if you're doing it because of certain reasons, like mm-hmm. special needs children right. or very specific controls yep. or estate planning as far as, you know, tax law, you know, tax mm-hmm. laws are changing and, and your estate and how it passes down and all that. There are times where you really need to be able to have that qualified professional Absolutely. be able to walk you through this. So there are yep. more complex trusts and there yep. are simpler trusts. Absolutely. And, so, and we certainly are not attorneys here. No. Uh, we recommend attorneys. We recommend these documents. And certainly we have a paralegal on our team who can help our clients in preparing some of these documents. Mm-hmm. But the more complex it is, the more issues there are, the more likely you're going to need to speak to a qualified attorney to make sure it's done right. Because because that's the point too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to make sure the trust is going to be valid. You want to make sure the trust is going to work. And so that's all part of the whole peace of mind. Yeah. yeah and it's it's really important. So to me, the, the topic of legacy planning and getting mm-hmm. all these documents in place is not only protecting the plan, not only protecting all that you've worked for, but it's, it's also protecting the people you love. Mm-hmm. Be, because the last thing you want to do is spend your whole life pouring into your family and your friends and, and the people that you care about and doing the best to leave that impact on their lives. And then if you didn't do any of this planning, you die. And now there's fighting yeah. and there's this long drawn out court process and there's added mm-hmm. expense. And what do I do about this? And what do I mm-hmm. do about this? And what would dad or mom have wanted us to do? Yeah. And there's all this consternation that comes on the backside of that and people get overwhelmed and now all the love right all the care right is out the window i mean it's the most loving thing you can do Mm -hmm. to plan this out yep well there's a couple things that you know that come to mind and that is uh, like you said making sure it's clear maybe Mm -hmm. having a family meeting so there's no surprises if there is going to be a surprise it'd be better for you to tell them while you're alive Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also think in terms of, you know, one thing we love, we'd like to talk to our clients about is like document storage or, or having a place where, um, all the policies that we own, uh, a lot of times we found over the years, there's maybe one spouse that drives all the financial decisions in the household. They know where all the, the usernames, the passwords are. They know all the accounts that someone had. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we say, look, it makes sure that when you pass away, whenever that is, it's not a, it's not a 
manhunt. Mm. It's not some massive hide and seek game where the survivors have to find out all <laughs> the policies that you had, where they are, and be wondering. I thought he had another life insurance policy. Yeah. I thought he had a 401k. Where'd this account come from? I didn't know we had that. So eliminate all the surprises. Uh, if you're if you're going to do something and 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 maybe unequally divide the estate for whatever reason. Um, have those discussions before you die. So it's not a surprise to them. Also, make sure if you're leaving a surviving spouse or, or children or whatever the case may be, make sure they all know where um, the, the documents are that says all the accounts that you own, all the account numbers. All mm-hmm. kind of, it, it's simple to do, uh, but a lot of people don't do that. And, and that's, to me, a part of loving and taking care of the next generation and have a peace of mind. Go out, um, get on the boat, enjoy the golf course, do those things. And if something happens to you, you know they're going to be okay not just while you're alive. I mean, honestly, you know, there's a lot of people who, you know, everything's going to be fine as long as they're alive. Mm-hmm. But then what about when you're not? And so you got to make sure, finish the job. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Finish the job. You know, make sure that even if something were to happen to you, they're all still taken care of, not left wondering. Uh, and you can leave that in a note. You can leave those kinds of things. And so, you know, when it comes to the money that people leave behind, there's really three ways to do that. And I just want to mention that real quick. One is by contract, mm-hmm. you know, through to a trust or something like that. It can go directly to individuals. If you say, you know what, I've got two kids or four kids and I don't need a trust. I don't care. They're all grown adults. They're all making good decisions. I don't need to control it. Then you can name all of your kids as beneficiaries. They can get 100% of the money up front and do whatever they want with it. Uh, there's no issues there. So you can you can name a beneficiary as a trust. Your beneficiary could be individuals and it could be a charity. You can give your money to a donor advised fund. You can give your money to a certain percentage of charities. And so it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Mm-hmm. Someone could say, hey, I want to give most of my money to my kid, 90% of my money to my kids. And I want to give 10% to this church or this charity where the case would be. Just know that's a thing you can do in legacy planning too. Mm-hmm. Take care of the organizations, the ministries, uh, the churches, whatever the case may be, that have meant a great deal to you in your life. Or uh, I know we don't, have t- we don't have time to get into this, and I'm not sure if we've done a podcast episode yet on donor advised funds. Mm-hmm. Maybe we have. Yeah. Okay. You know, donor advised funds are a great topic. That's a way to leave a legacy for your heirs, a giving legacy where they they, they receive this pile of money that they can only give away. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- that's another concept we can talk about sometime. Yeah. And like we say, you know, this putting together all this planning is so that you have the freedom to give, serve, right. enjoy life. But that's ultimately what we want for the next generation, mm. for our spouse, for our kids, those that we leave behind. We yeah. want them to do that. And yeah. and this legacy planning creates that, gives them a jump start on mm. them being able to give, serve and enjoy life as well, which right. is what we want for everyone. Yep. And so we know there's assets, we know there's the planning for the unknown, but then legacy also includes the intangibles, yeah. right? And so what would it, what would intangibles be? Yeah, and, and one thing we try to emphasize for our clients, it's it don't just leave the money behind, but what's the message that you wanna leave behind too? Mm-hmm. Don't just give them money, don't just give them cash. If there's anything you want them to know, let them know that too. Uh, and, and so we always just say, look, don't forget the message part of this thing. You, there's there's a legacy sometimes that lasts longer than the money. Uh, there, there's a legacy sometimes that's more meaningful than the IRA. 
And so we want our clients to say, hey, you know what, when you're passing down this money, don't forget to to leave behind certain things that you may want them to know and, and certain things that are important to certain people that might be about, you know, ethics and morality. Hey, kids, hey, grandkids, here's what I want you to know. Here's what we believed. Here's something about our family that uh, that has held us through, you know, times of difficulty or what are the case may be. What is your family beliefs? What is your faith? What is your you know testimony? What are, what are the things that you all believe and have stood for? for? You, you may want them to know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may not ever hear it from somebody else or they may not hear it the way that you would say it. Mm-hmm. And so we think it's important if, if you have that opportunity to say, hey, this is what this family, here's, here's something about your grandparents, here's something about your parents, here's something about your, your great-grandparents, or whatever, so it doesn't get lost. Yeah. It's easy to leave the money, but it's hard to leave maybe some of these lessons. Hey, if you have a family tradition, if there's customs in your family, uh, you may want to share those. Mm-hmm. Um, there may be memories and stories. You know, so we we encourage people to you know get in front of a camera, maybe like this, and sit down in the room, you and your spouse, and just maybe leave behind a video. You know, it's kind of it, it, it was something that probably would be very meaningful down the road one of these days, even if the money runs out, or even if once they once they inherit the, they inherit the IRA or the Roth IRA to be able to go back and listen to you to be able to watch you tell them stories about the family, customs, traditions, faith, ethics, or whatever the case may be, uh, I think that'd be something extremely valuable. So we encourage our clients not only just to pass down the money to the right places, but pass down the message too. You can do that in writing. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of resources now that help people kind of write their story and leave that behind for your family. Another thing to do is to get in front of a camera and just uh, talk and tell your loved ones what you want them to know. Yeah, I remember... uh my wife's grandmother, mm-hmm. when she was, her health was failing. I know, yeah. I remember we we found a video camera and we yes. sat down and we just asked these questions and yeah. to hear stories from her making it through the Great Depression and oh, things yeah. like that. I mean, those things are priceless. Priceless. And, and, you, and you can't do it. Now, it used to be though, it was a lot harder to do because yeah. not everyone had access to video cameras. Yeah. But we all have these things we carry in our pockets every yeah. day. And these cameras on the cell phones, oh, yeah. it doesn't have to be the most highly produced thing. Yeah. <laughs> but do it. Take the Correct. time. Yeah, and, and that may be you know part of it. It, it, it. Like that's with everything. Take the time to get the power of attorney, turn treasure down, but take the time to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to come into our studio here to do this. You can do it like with your camera and, and send it on. But I think it'll be something that's probably more meaningful and valuable than you think it would be. Just even if you think about your own life, if you're watching this or listening to this, if you had some people in previous generations that did that for you, you mm-hmm. might want to listen to that every once in a while. Uh, my dad grew up on a farm in Oklahoma. His dad was a farmer. And so we hear these stories. We're never going to remember these stories. We can't tell those stories to our kids and grandkids the way that my dad could. So Mm -hmm. unless he's going to get on a camera and and tell those stories one of these days, we're not going to be able to remember it. Our kids aren't going to know it. Their kids aren't going to know it. So there's just things like that that we think, hey, you want to do something really neat? Uh, Don't just leave the money. Leave a message behind, too. To me, one of the last parts of the legacy planning, too, is, you know, considering when, right? Because... For a lot of people I, I've met with and, you know, you have as well, where there comes this point in time where they say, I would much rather give something now yeah. and experience it with them and help them and teach them now mm-hmm. than waiting till after I'm gone and wonder, you know, and not yeah. knowing, did they 
did they learn from yeah. it? Did they benefit from it? Right. So there, there's a point of sometimes even creating this living legacy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Totally. You may want to, some people wait until they die, they save it and spend it, you know, but there's something about the time spent. So in other words, you could leave all your money behind for your kids. And when they get it, they go on vacation, they buy the boat, they buy the vacation house, or you could go VRBO and do it with them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think a lot of times we think that, you know, maybe our kids are just going to want the money as much as I can leave them. That's what they're going to want more than that. But you'd probably be surprised to know hey, if you if you rent the VRBO, if you rent the place, if you get everyone together and it's going to cost thousands, they're going to appreciate that. They're going to remember that. And it gives you your chance to maybe make a legacy. Don't quit on that goal. Um, even if it's hard to do. Some people say, well, it's hard to get everyone together. My grandkids don't want to hear my story, but just do it anyway. And so one of these days they will remember that and I think it will be valuable I, I heard someone say uh, you know an old uh, uh, I think Methodist preacher maybe said um, do your giving while you're living so you're knowing where it's going <laughs> okay and so listen if, if you want to enjoy these things if you want to have an impact yeah. on that you, you know do some of these things you don't have to wait uh, to to leave a legacy. You can do it. You can have a family meeting uh, where you choose to give to certain causes and they continue that tradition. Um, you could have a, a big family reunion that you pay for and you bring everybody together. So just as a gift to them, certainly they're going to value, you know, whatever you leave behind financially, but they can't get something back from you. After you're gone, they can get your money. Mm-hmm but they can't get you, can't get your time. And so we say, look, don't just keep putting that off. Enjoy it with them mm-hmm. as much as you can. Do some of these things with them. Well, and honestly, I think one of the biggest reasons people don't mm-hmm. is because they don't have a plan yep. that first make sure that their income is covered mm-hmm. and addresses the risks like sequence of returns, mm-hmm. average versus all the things that they, that can impact their income. They don't have a plan to cover their unknowns from an insurance standpoint, yeah. long-term care. They don't have, they're, they're constantly worried about taxes and they don't have a plan in place for that. Mm-hmm. When you don't have all those others, it does become very hard to give it away now because what if I need it? Yep. Right? Uh, so when you have yep. this plan, like we talked about, it creates that freedom. Mm. Freedom. It's really what it's all about. Yeah, that's what we call a retirement freedom plan. That's what we want everyone to have. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a retirement freedom plan, if you've never worked with one of our advisors here, you can go to wisewealth.com. We want you to have that because it is a part, like you said, of the the growth the growth part of the plan of the seven areas. There's growth planning. That's the money that it's available to spend to invest, to grow, to use, to, to do some legacy things. And a lot of people go into retirement with one pile of money and they're trying to do all these things and they, they, they never know how much they can use or spend for themselves, let alone give it away. Mm-hmm. And so when you have a real plan, you, you know, this is the pile of money I have out here that I could use it. Uh, we can spend it on ourselves. We can buy things. We can give it away. We can do things with our kids. You've got to know that number. And the only way to do that is to have a retirement freedom plan in a retirement freedom plan that has seven areas mm-hmm. and you have to have all seven. And that's what we walk clients through. Yep. And I'm looking forward to the next uh, podcast episode or two, because I, I, know, I know we're going to talk about <laughs> really that, the, the idea of freedom and what mm. having these other six areas in place that we've already talked about does for someone, yep. what it does. And then being intentional mm-hmm. 
about utilizing that freedom. Yep. And so I, I'm looking forward to that. Yep. And, you know, but a lot of times this may seem overwhelming because I don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. It starts with the first step. It's kind of like that old question, how do you eat an elephant? Mm -hmm. Well, you eat it one bite at a time, right? right? I mean, it's it takes that first step. And the first step may be for you simply just emailing info at wisewealth.com and saying, let's talk, right? Because for us, the plan starts with that clarity conversation. And it really is. We help guide you through that. Mm -hmm. We're going to help start asking those questions and giving you the guidance to say, here's how we move forward Mm -hmm. and we'll help you through that process. So if you're living in uncertainty of what do I do next? The answer is simple. Give us a call 816-246-WISE or email us at info at wisewealth.com. Let's set up that clarity conversation because we believe that everyone deserves to have that freedom and that Mm -hmm. peace of mind that comes with having a plan. So anything else you would throw in here as we wrap up this episode on legacy planning? Yeah, I, I would just say again, this is this is one of those areas that we tend to neglect. I, I'm a financial planner. Uh, we focus a lot on liquid income and growth and tax and insurance. Um, of, of the seven areas, this is one that we kind of, because we're not, you know, attorneys, we don't, we can't, you know, create the documents per se. Uh, so, but we can help people prepare them like we mentioned earlier on. So it's just important to not neglect this step. Yeah. I believe a lot of people can have a great financial plan, have the assets they need, but, but not not finish it. So I, I guess the ultimate theme of today's episode would be finish it, finish yeah. the job. This is kind of like, to me, kind of the last step. It doesn't matter where, which, where, what order you go in, but this has to be done. And it's probably the area that's the most overlooked. Yeah. And when you finish well, yeah, that's when you have an impact. Yes, that's right. And that's so, right. yeah, well, thank you, Stephen, for mm-hmm. taking time out of your schedule to be able to mm-hmm. talk about legacy planning. Uh, thank you for putting together a team that can mm-hmm. address these areas right. yeah, and bringing specialists in to be able to help with that. Mm-hmm. Thank you for taking time to put together this content mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. be able to provide education on an ongoing basis for people. Mm-hmm. For you, our listening audience, our last thank you goes out to you. You know, you're the reason that we do this. If you haven't already subscribed, click the subscribe below button. It will alert you whether you're watching this on YouTube or it's your favorite podcast channel, whatever it is, it'll alert you when the next episode is out. It also makes it easier to share. This information is important. So if you know someone who could use this, share this with them, introduce them to us, introduce them to this concept because this is important and you want to be able to put together a plan that gives you the freedom to give, serve, and enjoy life like never before. So thank you to all of you watching and listening to this episode. From all of us here at Wise Wealth, this is Paul Brock reminding you that financial peace comes from having a plan. And we'll see you next time.